Okay, we are finally back. Episode 34, Mob Squad Pod. Presented by Everywhere Hustle. Uh, this week we got Manny. What's going on, dude? Long time no see. Afternoon, or I guess early afternoon for you, my friend. Hope all is well out on the West Coast. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently here in the East Coast, everybody's freaking out. Uh, I guess there's gas shortages going all over the East Coast. And uh, yeah, if you had no gas... Uh, Today or yesterday, uh, I'm pretty sure you were stuck in long hours trying to get some because everybody likes to all of a sudden hyperventilate and make things, you know, really blown up out of, you know, out of, pro- out of, you know, I guess I'm just trying to find the right word for it, right? I mean, it's just yeah, blow it out of proportion. <laughs> I think there you go. I mean, for, yeah. I mean, um, first you have the whole COVID with the toilet paper. Now all of a sudden we have this going on with no gas, and I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah that one i think i did hear about that we, we're not getting that uh we don't have like a gas shortage up here in the northwest but um gas mm. prices have definitely been going up so there's there is that um one thing that hasn't gone up though at least is the uh <laughs> it's the rams fans expectations after the draft that's for sure <laughs> yeah so we obviously we've been on a uh, extended sort of hiatus because we've all been super busy with uh work and traveling and stuff but uh the most recent thing that happened was the draft and i was actually they got me again they fooled me again i was really excited for the draft i was all in i was watching every pick and then i <laughs> saw the first pick uh which came in round two number 57 overall and I, I literally dropped my phone and I, I, I turned off the TV and walked away. And I think I went to go play Call of Duty or something because I was so pissed and so disappointed at the pick. And I was like, you know what? This team is going to do that bullshit again where they just pick players that they think are good instead of team instead of picking players that the team actually needs. Um, so and that's pretty much what they did. So. I, I don't know what your overall impression of the of the draft was or if you would just prefer to go through kind of like some of the guys. But uh, my overall impression after I I saw the recap, because I literally tuned out the whole rest of the weekend. I, I was just like, yep, this draft sucked. Uh, I was pretty disappointed. I don't know what your thoughts were. I mean, Nick, in, in all in all like complete honesty, I had totally forgotten that the Rams had did not have a first round pick. And it's not because I didn't care about the draft, but obviously um, there were so many things going on, right? You had the whole Watson saga. You had the whole um, so many other things happening around the league, right? And then here comes draft night, and I'm looking at the draft stats, and I'm looking at, you know, who's picking one, and I totally forgot that the Rams don't pick until number 57. So I'm like, okay, well, at least, you know, this season will give me the confidence in knowing that they'll go after depth, right? They'll go after those key positions where me and you have always talked about and which they'll go ahead and try to get starters to fill in holes. Well, starting at round two, pick number 57, I understand what they think or they thought that they were doing, but I'm still trying to wrap my head around, okay, so is this Deshaun Jackson's replacement? Once he gets hurt, because <laughs> that's what Tutu Atwell is. I mean, I do live in Miami. I do cover the ACC. Um, he was their speedster guy um, at the slot positions, and he did a lot of reverses, and he, you know, a lot of plays deep. But again, that's unless they want to make him a Brandon Cook type to spread the field later on. Um, I really feel that there were other key players there that we could have had 
especially when it comes to maybe the linebacking position or even O-line that I thought that, you know, they could have, you know, created such an impact right away um, for this team that, you know, is to me and I'm sure for you is expected to make a Super Bowl run. So, again, I'm with you. I was shocked. But then I looked at who the head coach at the who the head coach is and who our general manager is. I'm like, oh, but it makes sense. They, <laughs> they shown since since Sean has got here, they've pretty much shown outside of like that first draft they did, in my opinion, every draft since then has their philosophy has been we're gonna draft for best player Style. available and yeah. mm-hmm. as opposed to our need. So we've been saying this, you know, since the season ended and, and towards the end of the season, like, hey, linebacker depth, that's still a problem. Offensive line help, we definitely are going to need that, especially since we lost Blythe. Um, Andrew Whitworth is a year older. We're going to have to replace him sooner rather than later. And the team doesn't draft any offensive linemen. They drafted a linebacker. Thank God they at least did that because last year they waited till the seventh round for that, at least this year. They got us one in the third round. So, um, but yeah, their philosophy apparently is we're just going to draft who we think is the best player that fits our team as opposed to what needs the team has overall. Because all last year we were saying, who's going to replace Brandon Cooks? We don't have a vertical threat. Well, I guess their solution was we're going to take this guy named Tutu, which is a, a great name for a football player. Uh, we're going to draft this guy named Tutu who weighs 155 pounds and he's going to be, I guess our Brandon cooks replacement, which to me, that's not, that's not the guy for that role. I, I don't, I don't understand why that was the pick there. You could have gotten this guy any other time in the draft in my opinion, I, and you cover the ACC. You think this guy was worth the 57th overall pick? No. And I'm going to say the same thing. I am a Gator fan as well. And last year when we picked Vance Jefferson, when we did, I truly felt like we could have gotten him later on as well. So as you can see, there's a trend here, right? It's like, well, we don't want to wait. He might be gone. Let's get him. But in other people's eyes and, you know, guys that actually watch these guys play in college, you're like, but, well, but wait a minute. Like, for sure, this this player wasn't, you know, on a, a lot of other teams' boards for rounds one, two, or even three, right? So you mean to tell me that you couldn't draft somebody at two that could fill in a starting position and then go after depth at wide receivers like you did in back-to-back years? But, again, it's like you said, this team is not drafting for a need. This team is drafting because of what they see is, oh, my goodness, this guy's still on the board? Let's Let's go ahead and draft him. And it just happens to be a wide receiver role. And it happens to be a guy that weighs less than 160 pounds, which, as we know, in the NFL, the hash marks are not wide. So I don't know how much space you can probably get him through. Now, I'm not hating on Tutu at all. Like I said, I watched him play. He was he was a better part of their offense. But, again, in the NFL, man, you need to create that space. Can this guy create space? I, I, I'm sorry. This is a year where you – the Super Bowl – name is up there and the you know and the la rams are one of the teams that is expected to be there and hey i guess we'll see (laughs) yeah i i obviously i hope he's great but i just the fact that we took him when we did Mm -hmm. 
I I just completely disagree with that philosophy and and I I will I will I will say this Nick I mean we've watched football for years and years man and we've always seen or we've always thought that the right thing to do in the NFL draft especially the first two to three rounds you draft players at positions where you most need a starter where you actually need a body and where you actually feel he can create an immediate impact. It's hard for me to sit here and look at last year's draft and then look at this year's and say the Rams actually did that in both rounds too. I know last year they drafted Akers at the running back, which, hey, it turned out great. Now we know he's our starter from years going forward. But I'm still shaking my head with the Van Jefferson pick, and I'm still shaking my head now at this pick. Because, again, you know, as football fans, the way that we've seen the game play for such a long time, you draft in those rounds for starting positions. And right now we are so weak at linebacker. We are so weak at the offensive line that, you know, Matthew Stafford is one injury away from who knows if he's out for the rest of the season. And once again, you don't draft help in front of one of the most talented front defensive lines in the, in the league. And where if you draft a guy that can create so much behind you, right, create that linebacking presence that can run sideline to sideline and just to get – you know, grown, you know, being there, knowing that he has Aaron Donald in front of him, right? But yet, you go ahead and you draft at a position where, I'm sorry, like me and you don't even know if these guys are even going to pan out. So, it is what it is, man. Yeah, there's a lot of Rams apologists that are making the claims that, well, we have so much depth at the offensive line, we didn't need anybody. And it's like, well, that's funny because the previous couple of months on Twitter, I've seen nothing but you guys saying how we should draft this center this offensive mm-hmm. lineman from i think i can't remember what school he was from but everyone was like wow we should totally draft this center we need offensive line help and then after the draft they all changed their tune and they're like dude we don't even need offensive line help you see how much depth we have i don't care if there's 15 people on the depth chart just because we have 15 people on the depth chart doesn't mean they're any damn good so and that uh, doesn't mean that they're gonna make the team as well yeah, so, so I, I don't know, man. Like I, I've said before, I'll say it multiple times, Rams Twitter is a weird spot. Um, so round three, pick 103. This was the one pick I think we would all agree is probably the smartest and best pick they made. They uh, added Ernest Jones, the linebacker from South Carolina. So this is the one pick that I was totally on board with when I saw the recap, and I was like, okay, thank God we at least addressed some need. So hopefully he can come in. And I would think he might even have a chance to start pretty early on because, like we said last season, linebacking talent and linebacking depth wasn't necessarily a strength of this team. Micah Kaiser was a nice surprise because we certainly didn't see that coming. But outside of him, there really wasn't a whole lot to be excited about. Uh, round four, we got Bobby Brown the third, a defensive tackle from Texas A&M. Also in the fourth round, we got Robert Rochelle, a cornerback from Central Arkansas. Also in the fourth round, you know, Les Need loves his fourth and fifth round picks. Also in the fourth <laughs> round, we got uh, tight end Jacob Harris, who's another guy that I, I've seen a lot of people say that this is one of those <coughs> really high upside guys because he's listed as a wide receiver and he's six foot five, 211 pounds. So people are kind of projecting him to be a tight end, but he kind of is that mold of. He's kind of like, a, I would say, the Swiss Army guy where he can play multiple positions potentially and be multi- fill multiple roles. So 
that's an interesting pick. I don't hate that pick, especially in the fourth round. That's kind of what the fourth round is for. You take chances on guys. Um, the the one thing that I do question about it is the past couple seasons. Me personally, I don't know how you feel about this, but me personally, I've been saying for the past couple years, especially last year, I was beating this drum. Get Tyler Higby the ball, and this offense just refuses to like get tight ends involved. We had. Tyler Higby well, and Gerald Everett on the same team, and we never yeah. got them involved. So, well, uh, except except for the Eagles game, and then after the Eagles game, it was like, well, Higby, we don't know who you are anymore, so we're not going to throw you the ball. Yeah, and then, and then and then it just seemed like, well, instead of you making them key players on third and shorts, on third downs, you know how many times we've talked about this, right? Third and one, third and shorts, these damn screens behind the line of scrimmage that that's costing you an extra possession down the line. It's like, well, you could have just made this guy a key player on third down, and and instead you go off scheme. But of course, we don't know what really happened with golf and company. So, but still, that's no excuse, right, on changing a game plan just because you're not really happy with the starting quarterback. But hey, you're absolutely right. These yeah, guys so- were not used again after the Philly game. Was yeah, not so- used. And the wasn't even targeted, right? To be honest with you, I think yeah, the most no. targets they had was maybe four or five. After the Philly game. And that was, what, week two? Yeah. (laughs) So So the counter argument to that is, well, Sean McVay has uh, Matt Stafford at the helm now, and he's not going to have to hold, if you believe what McVay believes, you're not going to have to hold Jared Goff's hand anymore, and the offense is going to be completely open. So maybe now this 2021 Rams offense is going to look, I would assume it's going to look totally different. So we'll see the plans on how they plan on getting the tight ends involved. But you, you would got to think on paper, just looking at things, a team that has Robert Woods, Van Jefferson, um, Cooper cup, Jake, this we'd have Jacob Harris. Now at tight end, we have Tyler Higby, uh, Deshaun Jackson. Maybe he plays some sort of a role. Cam makers. I mean, there are, tons of weapons on this offense so it's got to be open it's got to be pretty good right like you would think there's really no excuse to not be good so yeah uh, Nick. but if you can't block yeah nick but if you can't block the opposing team's you know front line i don't care what great players you have to catch the football i mean matthew stafford is not young right i mean he's i mean one bad hit and that's it so, again, I'm still shocked that you even called it. Not a single offensive lineman was drafted. Yeah. I mean, what are they waiting for? Like, for I somebody to get hurt and then go back to the free agent market and be like, well, you know, now we got to sign this guy. Well, I mean, you, you, listen, I get it, right? And picks five, six, rounds five, six, and seven, sometimes a player will pan out and sometimes they won't. You still got to go out there and figure it out and draft somebody. I don't know what they're doing, to be honest with you, when it comes to that, because I'm sorry, unless Matthew Stafford is is on some type of, you know, I don't know, high tolerance of pain <laughs> uh, accounts or something like that. Like, I'm sorry, he's one injury away from not being able to be himself. Yeah, he's not exactly a mobile quarterback. He never has been. Um, this is just one of those situations where the Rams scouting department is either really really smart or really really dumb you know we don't we don't know we're not going to know for the next couple years and see how everything pans out but they either 
have scouted a bunch of people that they've signed since the draft completed as um, you know undrafted free agents, uh, and they even signed an offensive lineman out of the international pool. Um, I think he was from Italy. Uh, we'll probably have to do a deeper dive into that on the next episode because that's kind of a fascinating story. But um, they, the, like I said, the Rams scouting department is either really dumb or they're really smart. So we'll see. They they apparently have the utmost confidence in the people that they have right now. But like you said, it only takes one bad play for someone to get really hurt or it only takes a couple games for uh, a defense to realize, hey, this offensive line is trash. All we need to do is consistently blitz the A gap or consistently blitz the B gap or whatever the case may be. They'll figure something out. If our line's bad, it's going to get exposed. So we'll find out. I don't think it's going to take very long. We'll know probably pretty quick into the season whether our line's good and can hold up or, or it doesn't. Um, finishing off the draft, round five, 175 overall. We got Ernest Brown, another defensive lineman at our Northwestern. Um, essentially, all these defensive line picks are basically happening because Michael Brockers and Morgan Fox aren't on the team anymore. So the team did address a need there that they finally decided to address a need. And they were like, Hey, we need some defensive linemen. So they did get a couple there. Then we jumped all the way to the seventh round. There was three picks in the seventh. We took a running back, Jake Funk, which is another great name. Uh, he's a running back out of Maryland. Um, he has suffered uh, two season ending injuries. Um, tearing his left ACL twice. I didn't, I don't know how you, I don't know how you tear the same ACL twice and I don't, and get drafted, but he did seventh rounder. So it's, I mean, it's a really low risk uh, option, I guess, but we don't have a ton of depth at running back, but we'll see what this guy can give us. Uh, then at 249, uh, a wide receiver out of Notre Dame, Ben Skorenik. And again, the seventh rounders, whatever you get out of them is, is a huge plus. It's just kind of is what it is. Um, and then 252 overall, uh, another outside linebacker, Chris Garrett. So we will see um, my overall thoughts on this draft. Like I said, pretty disappointed. There was only, you know, one pick in here that I was really happy with, and that was Ernest Jones. And then the Jacob Harris pick in intrigues me, and I, I like that they, they took a flyer on him. But other than that, all these other picks, nothing excites me, nothing intrigues me. Um, pretty disappointing. So we'll just see, I guess, the coming years, how everything pans out. But I don't have high expectations. And um, for those of you that are into draft analysis and draft grades, most people were pretty down on the Rams. Um, so this isn't just me and Manny kind of crapping on the Rams. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of organizations, when they released their draft grades and draft analysis, they weren't too impressed with the Rams either. Um, the Rams Wire, uh, who's affiliated with USA Today, they gave the Rams draft a C grade. Uh, <laughs> they said, it's hard to get behind this class with any level of conviction. Yes, the Rams addressed some of their needs by taking Ernest Jones, Ernest Brown, Bobby Brown, and Robert Rochelle, but I still can't agree with the selection of Atwell in the second round, which I think we're all in agreement there. Amen. <laughs> yeah, I think we're all in agreement there. Uh, Draftwire.com gave them a D, and Luke Easterling said, I just don't get this one at all. 2-2 Atwell is explosive, 
but might be the lightest player in NFL history, which makes him quite the risky second rounder. So not too high praise there. Touchdown Wire gave the Rams draft a C, uh, and Pro Football Focus also gave the draft class a C. And I thought this was a pretty fun quote. PFF called the Rams selection of Atwell, quote, yet another reach on a smaller receiver with some issues, saying his route tree is, quote, extremely limited. So I don't know. Um, This isn't, like I said, this isn't just me and Manny crapping on the Rams and um, being Debbie Downers. This draft was just not it um, to me and, and a lot of other people. So... We'll see. Again, 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 these guys still got to show up to camp. Um, they got to go through the whole thing of being able to know what their key, you know, what their key assignments are going to be. How do they fit with this team? So, again, we're not trying to be all negative here, right? Because at the end of the day, um, you know, this team can be really, really good. And, you know, I know, Nick, that me and you will come back on a pod and we'll be like, hey, we were totally wrong. But you know, just to be very fair and granting here, okay? You see what's going on. You just witnessed the draft, and I'm sorry. There's no positives that you can feel confident in saying, wow, now I know my expectations of this team making the Super Bowl feels much better now. Absolutely not. To me, you're one injury away at quarterback. You're one injury away at, you know, at the offensive line, okay? And what if Aaron Donald goes down, Right? I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, but to me, there's, you know, those other key positions that we talked about, the, you know, the linebackers and the offensive line. Those are key positions that you need in this league as the season goes on, you know, goes on because players will wear down. Schemes will all of a sudden not matter, right? Because your first scheme in week one against an opponent, it's not going to be the same thing as when you head into the playoffs, right? Because now you have basically a full two, three, four month, of showing everybody what you actually do, right? And so, to me, I think, again, this is where Sean McVay, all right? First year, second year, you created magic. You have to figure out once again with what you've done, and I get it, right? It, he's not the one making the trades and the picks, but I'm pretty sure he's sitting down with the management. And there's no way that I think Sean now has a valid opinion at the table, right? Maybe not his first two seasons per se, but once he made that Super Bowl appearance to me, Coach McVay has to be the one to sign off on this. Oh, and yeah. He, he has Yeah, to right? Have, so, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, that's my point. There's no way that he's going to sign off on everything that happens with his team and his organization going forward without him saying, that's okay. I'll work with that. Yeah. Because if it doesn't go well, if it doesn't go the way that it's supposed to, it's going to be a long season. That's all I got to say. Yeah, you, he has <laughs> to have a huge voice in that room because there's no shot you trade two first round picks and Jared Goff for a 33 year old Matt Stafford if if correct you don't just do that just because Sean McVay clearly didn't wasn't on board with Goff anymore wanted to get rid of him management was like yep we got it we're with you we're gonna we're gonna mortgage some of our future we're gonna trade some of our first round picks and our quarterback that we just invested millions of dollars in and we'll bring in another guy for you. So clearly, they're they're all on the same page, and whatever Sean is saying, they're buying. Um, and just for people who might not follow the the Lions very closely and don't know, Jared Goff won more playoff games 
last year with nine fingers than Matt Stafford has won his entire career. So just throwing that out Matt And also Matt Stafford has had, I believe, a better quality of offensive players surrounding him um, throughout his career at Detroit. No? Uh, well, he certainly had. Um, he had all wide receivers. He had Megatron. He, I mean, to me, he had a great. I mean, just had Galladay. Um, maybe not their running backs per se, but to me, that they had a much better, you know, um, opportunity yeah. of actually winning some more. But yeah, so just for all the Rams <clears throat> fans that are like super high on Stafford, and trust me, I'm with you. All I'm saying is that the the guy that everyone crapped on and wanted to get rid of had more playoff wins just last year with nine fingers on the road against Seattle. He had more playoff wins last year than Stafford has had his whole career. So just saying for people that were crapping on golf and all that, just remember sometimes what you have is pretty good. You don't really realize it till it's gone. Um, but yeah, I, I hope all these guys that we drafted, I hope all of them are really good. I hope they're all Hall of Famers. I hope we win the Super Bowl. I'm just not going to come on here, and um, I'm not like some people who are Rams fans that just blow smoke up everyone's ass and like, hey, we're so great. Look at us. We're all so smart. Sean McVay is so great. I'm just not that fan. I'm going to keep it real, and I'm going to be uh, honest and – if I think something was terrible, I'm going to call it what it is. It was terrible. Like, it was a terrible draft. And it's so disappointing because as a fan, the NFL draft is so fun, especially when your team has a first-round pick, which has been kind of hard as a Rams fan because we haven't had one. But you, you, the energy and the excitement and the tension when they're walking up to the podium and – you sometimes you hear that one pick and that one pick is like, it changes our entire franchise. We are totally different now. Like I know you're also a diehard Eagles fan. So I'm sure when they came to the podium and announced Devonta Smith, you had to have been super excited because you guys have been (laughs) dying for, you guys have been dying for a wide receiver for years. And you've guys seen people like Justin Jefferson getting drafted while you guys are taking Ortega Whiteside. Like, it's such an exciting feeling to just, you know, have a good draft. Just do me a favor. Don't mention DK Metcalf because I'm still having nightmares. Yeah. (laughs) But no, but you are you're right. Right. If, if, If you're a fan of a team in this league and if you don't have a first round pick, you are expecting a Super Bowl you are expecting something great that happened the previous season. And that hasn't been the case lately, right? Because they keep trading away picks. And and I I understand. It's to get players, you know, that are high quality. They're great at their position. You're bringing them in, but then you're not re-signing them. They're leaving. And guess what? You're stuck without a first-round pick because of whatever the scenario is. So, you know, it's after a couple of seasons, Rams fans, and I do believe some of them are fed up about it, and I don't blame them. Because it's every single Thursday in April, you know, at the end of the month when the draft comes, the Rams have no pick. And it's like, well, what have you done for me, you know, lately? Have you won anything lately? No. Okay, well, if they win this year, I'm all for it again. Let's keep doing it. But you got to start winning some way. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm totally on board with getting Jalen Ramsey. Like, that, that trade to get Jalen Ramsey and trading those two first-rounders, I'm cool with Jalen Ramsey is a pro bowler. And I would say he's one of, if not the best top corners in the league, but like my 
big point here is it's so hard to have the NFL draft come and you're so excited for what your team could be after. And when your team has a draft that just kind of sucks, it's just deflating. It's just like, I mean, I mean, going after Jalen Ramsey and winning a Super Bowl sounds so much better than just saying, well, we went after Jalen Ramsey and, and I'm okay with that, but it sucks not having a first round pick. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> you know, so. having a having a bad draft is just such a letdown for a fan. It really is. Mm-hmm. So, but like I said, I hope I'm wrong. I hope these guys are great, but we'll see. Uh, just a little bit of more draft talk. So, the Rams are projected right now to get four compensatory picks in next year's draft, which I'm sure Les Need is going to use to just trade and get more seventh rounders. But anyway. Um, Basically, due to the roster moves that have happened, the Rams are entitled to get compensatory picks. So because they lost uh, John Johnson in free agency, they're going to get a fourth rounder in return. And for losing Samson Abukum, Gerald Everett, and Troy Hill, they're going to get some six rounders in return for that. So they are going to be getting some compensation for losing those free agents. I do still wish they would have kept John Johnson, but it is what it is. Um, Also, in addition to those picks, they're also going to be getting another one for losing Brad Holmes, who's now the general manager for the Lions. So we are going to be getting uh, some sort of compensation for losing those guys, and we're going to have more picks next year. Still no first rounder um, as it currently sits, but we should have a a bunch of picks to make for next season. Listen, all I want to hear from Commissioner Roger Goodell is saying, welcome to the 2022 NFL Draft. Before we begin, congratulations to the Super Bowl champions, Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, That's yeah. all I want to hear at the podium. You hear that? Everything else that's, that's happened will be forgiven. Yeah, But it, it needs to happen on the field. And we need to make sure that this team knows and the front office knows that anything less than that is not going to be acceptable. Yeah, this is definitely, it, it just feels like it's one of those, like, hey, we're in our window and it's Super Bowl or bust. Got to get there. Not um, to mention, though, Nick, real quick, that I believe this has been, um, you know, you look at the other teams in the division, right? The chaos in Seattle. We don't know what, what Arizona might become. It might not be anything. What about San Francisco, Right. You really don't know. You really don't even know what those three teams are going forward. What an opportunity for the Rams to take a hold of that division and just become the first team in the NFC coming out of that. Forget Tampa. Forget, you know, Green Bay's having issues with Aaron Rodgers. If there was any year that the Rams could actually get away with it in this division, just by getting up there and and just winning games, it's this season without question. Yeah, the Cardinals certainly don't scare me. The Seahawks, I'm kind of whatever with them. I they Sometimes they play us really well. Sometimes they don't. They're, they're usually tough games, though. And everything that's going on in San Francisco with their quarterback situation, I don't know. But they're going to come into this year healthy, so you got to think they're going to be good. Um, on a next episode or future episode, we're probably going to have to talk about some of the picks that th- some of these other teams in our division made because – that pick for Trey Lance and that whole trade that they pulled off, that that was weird. Like, that whole situation doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know why you would do all of that just to draft a quarterback that played one game last year and have him sit 
this whole next year. That doesn't make any sense to me. I have a feeling Jimmy G's on the way out at some point, but we'll see. Um, certainly, we're going to have to have a discussion on the NFC West and some of the draft moves and stuff that they did because interesting, interesting stuff. Um, next story that I wanted to hit on just because some people have a really strong opinion on this. Some people don't. I think my opinion on this is pretty strong. I am not a fan of it, but the NFL has implemented a rule change that allows players to change their number. Uh, there was restrictions in place that allowed certain numbers for certain positions, and that has now been relaxed. So there are some players that are taking advantage of that, and there's actually 10 Rams players that are changing their numbers in total. Some of them aren't anything too crazy, but some of them are a little outlandish to me. Like I said, I'm not a fan of this rule. I don't know where you fall on this, Manny, but um, I'm not a fan of seeing some of these players like Robert Woods is going from 17 to number two. And I, I just, I, I think that's insane. Like a wide receiver should never be number two. That just looks terrible to me. I don't like it. I just don't. Um, Deshaun Jackson is going from number 11 to number one, which is the number he wore in college. Yeah, um, he's going to be the first one to get hurt and not play again. Yep. Um, <laughs> Jordan Fuller is going from number 32 to number four, which is also the number he wore in college. <sighs> Darius Williams is going from 31 to 11, which what the hell kind of number is 11 Ow. for a cornerback? Like that just doesn't make any sense to me at all. Um, so it those just are the- feels like everybody's choosing play uh, their numbers from the practice squad. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I just I don't get that. Um, and then some of the other ones, David Long is changing from twenty five to twenty two. Uh, Xavier Jones is changing from thirty five to twenty five. Traven Howard is going from forty eight <laughs> to thirty two. John Wolford is going from nine to three. Matt Gay is going from one to eight and Austin McGinnis is going from eight to 18. Um, but the really weird ones on here definitely are Deshaun Jackson, Robert Woods, and Darius Williams. Those ones to me, those aren't going to look right or normal. I-, I can't get behind that rule change. I don't like it. Um, do you have an opinion on this? Are you one of those people that thinks it's kind of cool or are, are you like me where you're like, that's nah, not for um... me. I don't like it. I mean, and listen, in all honesty, if, if, if the team wins with, you know, Robert Woods wearing number two and Deshaun Jackson wearing number one, <laughs> I mean, I don't really care. But I really can't believe that this is what's come down to, right, in this league where I get it, right? Because the players, you know, they work hard to get drafted. They work hard to make it. But is this really something that they're really craving for? I mean, is, is this really what the league is about, um, you know? I don't have an issue with touchdown celebrations. I don't have, I don't have an issue with players trying to go out there and, you know, um, wear their favorite cleats or wear their favorite, you know, jewelry, which we've seen, right? Like we've, we've seen, uh, we've seen actual players wear about $10,000 worth of jewelry, right? On the field. I miss, I uh, I miss taking people's chains, by the way. (laughs) Well, exactly. I don't have an issue with that, but this whole thing of granting them an, an opportunity to change their number. I mean, to me, it just seems childish, man. I mean, we're not in college. We're not in high school ball. This is the pros. I mean, I just, yeah, it just, I, it just feels, it just feels like, like, like this is something the league wanted to do 
to, I don't know, make the players feel like, yeah, like we should sign the next CBA now for sure, because now we can go back to our original numbers in college. I don't think that's what the league should be about. And again, seeing a wide receiver wear number two, like you mentioned it, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> it just seems just, so weird. To me, it's something about it is just tacky, I guess. I don't know how else to describe it. It's just, it's yeah, off very tacky, as you said. Yeah. Very, this isn't uh, college. I don't know. It's just, uh, it's well, like I told you, it just feels like the league was trying to find another way to say, hey, you know, we'll give the players this. So when the new CBA comes, hey, hey, you know, remember what we did for you. We expect for you to do the same for us. Yeah. I, I... It's, it's, it's all about creating a leverage towards the future. Again, do I have an issue with it if we win? Absolutely not. But again, it's the pros, man. It's not collegiate. Like, yeah, come on, guys, grow up a little bit. Yeah, obviously, whether we win or lose has no like the jersey numbers that has zero bearing on it. So, um, yeah, if I see Robert Woods carrying the Vince Lombardi trophy wearing a number two, I might go out and buy a number two jersey. But, <laughs> I I but, just but like I <laughs> like I said, it's just a visual thing. Just visually, it's so jarring. I just don't like it. It just bothers me. Anyway, I mean, I, to be honest, I'm just really upset because my favorite number is seventeen. So to see him leave that and go to number two, I'm like, come on, dude. Don't do that to me. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I don't know, man. That's such a weird, only, I feel like if you're going to wear number two, you're a quarterback, you're a kicker, or a punter. Like, not a wide receiver. I just, I can't get on board with it. It's, I'm still getting used to the fact that wide receivers even wear numbers like 17 or 18. Because when I was growing up watching football, they're all, they're all in the 80s, right? Yeah, 80s. Jerry Rice and yeah. Tim Brown Rice, and Torrey yeah. Holt and Isaac Bruce. All those but guys think, were in the 80s. I think for me it also broke when I when I saw Keyshawn Johnson wear 19. And then, you know, obviously um, our Mr. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, he started wearing number 11. And then that kind of just got to just like spread it out a little bit. But, you know, still, it was always about the 80s, the 81s, the 83s. Um, Mr. T.O., number 88, right? It yeah, was just 80, something that you only knew about it. Yeah. yeah, 88 was one of those, like, cherished numbers in the sport of football. If you're a wide receiver and you wear number 88, you're telling everybody, I'm the number one guy on this team. I'm the best wide receiver in this team. I might even consider myself the best wide receiver in the league. I'm number 88. It's just like in, in baseball, if you're a shortstop and you wear number two, what does that mean? It means you're it means you're Derek Jeter, bro. If you're gonna right. play shortstop and right. wear number two, you think, hey, I'm the captain. I run this team. I'm Derek Jeter. All right. It's just one of those things. So in, in football, it kind of lost its luster. We don't have that anymore. There are no wide receivers that wear 88, I think. I mean, there might be a couple that I'm not aware of, but it's just not a thing anymore. It's kind of weird. I, I miss that. And in all, yeah. And then you saw Julio Jones wear an eleven. Then you saw Brandon Marshall wear a nineteen. So then the teens was that was that number range where all these wide receivers were wanting, right? But it's like I'm just so surprised that nobody really took number eighty one. You know, Megatron, as you know. Oh my goodness, I want to wear number eighty one, and that's very un- un- that, to me that was very unfortunate, right? Because I haven't seen another eighty one out there, um, you know, in quite some time that played like him. But again, if that's what they want to do, I, you know, I don't have an issue with it. But again, I would prefer the players keep wearing their jewelry, you know, wear the shoes you want to wear. Um, but this little jersey number thing, to me, it just seems very childish. Yeah. And in basketball, I guess if you want to make the equivalent there, 
if you're if you're playing basketball and you're a, a shooting guard or a, a small forward or I guess any superstar, if you're on the team and you're wearing number twenty three, you're telling Ooh. everybody I'm the man. I'm the man. Correct. I'm wearing I'm Jordan's number, bro. I'm the man. Or 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 if you had number thirty three, you'd be like, well, don't don't mess with me. Or if you had number ninety nine, you'd be like, I'm gonna elbow you in the face. Yeah. But if you see a if you see a center wearing a number two. What the hell? Yeah, it's just it's just weird. I feel like numbers in professional sports kind of mean something. I maybe I'm just being romantic about that, but I feel like it means something. So not a huge fan of that rule, but it is what it is. Uh, so uh, we'll we'll finish off with the schedule release. So we're recording on a Wednesday. So today is schedule release day, and just inevitably from all the reporters and journalists and insiders. Pretty much a lot of the schedule has already been leaked. Um, By the way, what was the point of announcing like a month ago that tonight will, would be the release? If starting this morning, there were leaks all over the place. So somebody needs to I- I- explain to me, where's the hype then? Because if you're going to be doing this, it literally felt like, Nick, I was watching the draft and I all I literally had to do was look through Twitter and I'll find out the picks. So it's like, yeah. I don't understand the point of hyping this stuff up, man. Yeah, to me, no. it just takes the hype out of the way. I learned a couple years ago during draft night. I stay off Twitter because, to me, I don't, I don't like having the picks spoiled. I watch for the general or the the actual surprise and the genuine reaction. I don't want to be, you know, spoiled or tipped off. And it's weird that all these NFL insiders and journalists who work for NFL Network and work for the NFL are kind of hurting their own employer by spoiling the schedule release because by the time this thing actually does get released in a couple hours it's pretty much going to be out there already so but there's enough rumors out there and and at least one confirmation for sure the rams are going to kick off week one against the bears and that's going to be a sunday night game so first first week game one rams are being in prime time and they're featured on sunday night football so the networks are telling you the Rams are still really good. They're still going to be one of the top tier teams and they're featured on Sunday night football. And this, this game has the potential to be even more special because the bears drafted. Um, I'm blanking on his name, Justin Fields. Justin Fields. So this, Ohio State. this week, one matchup could be Matt Stafford and the in the Rams against Justin Fields and the New Look Bears. So that could be an amazing matchup. I doesn't really mean a whole lot to me if we're facing Andy Dalton. Uh I think we'd win the game regardless of who starts, but the fact that that storyline could be there and this could be Justin Fields team week 1, that could be pretty interesting, wouldn't you say? Yeah, huh, for sure. Um again, you're starting off at home, you you'd like to go out there and um, actually, you know, show the league what you're all about. And if, you know, you're facing a team where I get it, right? New rookie quarterback, but they signed Andy Dalton in the offseason. Like the Bears have something to play for this season. I'm not saying that they didn't do, um, that they didn't have something to play for in previous years, but a lot of their front office jobs are on the line. So, you know, they're going to go out there and try to make an impression, um, you know, out there in LA, it, it is prime time. It is a very spicy matchup because I'm looking forward to see what quarterback goes out there for the Bears, and to see how the Rams. You know, listen. I know that I, I know. To me, the whole talk has been the offense and and how's uh, Coach McVay going to do with Stafford, right per se. But I'm looking forward to seeing. 
how this defense without, you know, Coach Daly, how they come out of the gates, how they play. Um, you know, because, again, I, I thought they had a great season because of him, and now he's gone. Um, I'm not saying that his re, that his replacement can't do the same, but it's a different voice. Might be a few tweaks here and there. So I'll, I'm really intrigued on how the Rams defense is going to shape out um, heading into week one. Yeah, I think uh, that's like the, my biggest concern going into this season is how well our defense <laughs> holds yeah. that transition from mm-hmm. Staley to... And I hate um, to say, losing losing Brockers, man, that to me hurts, man. Um, yeah. I know I know that Aaron won't say it, you know, because to me, Aaron Don is, is just a beast of a man that he'll go out there and get, you know, he'll get, you know, he'll get five guys to block him, right? And then that should open it up for everybody else. But I think in key spots, when you need that third down stop or you need that third down play, um, it hurts not to have a guy out there like that. So, hey, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, I Which, think this is why you go out there, right? And you re-sign a Jalen Ramsey because you can count on him at least to shut down the other team's best wide receiver. It's about everybody else. I think for those of the people that are into betting and especially future betting, I would feel really confident about putting some money on the Chargers to win their division potentially, to make the playoffs. Um over eight wins or seven and a half wins, whatever future bets are out there on the chargers, I would totally take them because they have a young team that has a lot of talent. And I think Brandon Staley could be a huge addition for that team at the head coaching position. So it's going to be interesting to see over the next couple of years, if there's a fight that kind of brews with rivalry in LA between the chargers and the Rams, because both teams have, really good teams. The coaches know each other. I mean, there could be a lot going on there, so we'll see. Uh, week five, it looks like we're going to have our first matchup against the Seahawks on a Thursday night matchup, so the Rams are going to have a couple primetime games to start off the season. Uh, week six, it's rumored that the Rams are going to be visiting the Giants. Uh, week 12, we're going to be going to Lambo and playing the Packers. And who knows if that's going to be mm. the Aaron Rodgers Packers or the Jordan love Packers, or who knows? It could be the Andy Dalton Packers. Who knows? Um, but you we said the Andy Dalton. Packers. Yeah. I mean, who knows, man? I, <laughs> for the bears are really going to trade with the, with the Packers for a quarterback. I mean, who knows? <laughs> who knows? I mean, listen, listen, I, I, I totally get it. Right. I, I, I because I'm just trying to think of when the Eagles actually traded Don the Big Nap to Washington. I was like, what the hell are you guys doing? But then we saw in this draft where the Eagles traded with Dallas. So yeah, that was crazy. Possible. And and apparently the Giants were pissed about that. That's what, what I heard, at least. I heard some stories yeah. and rumors uh, from different insiders and reporters on uh, NFL Twitter <laughs> that the Giants were furious that that trade happened. Yeah, correct. So, I mean, are you... All you had to see was already the tension building from last season and where the Eagles lost that game so the Giants wouldn't be able to make the playoffs. And then you have this happening where a team in its own division actually makes the trades to once again screw them over. Yeah. I tell you, this league never seems to amaze me. 
yeah. at all. <laughs> apparent, apparently, the the word on the street was that the Giants were taking Devontae Smith, and they were Correct. super hardcore set on getting yeah. him. And then the Philadelphia Eagles came in and said, nay, nay, brother, that's our guy. We're not making that mistake again. So, no, yeah. No. Um, and then week 16, uh, we're going to be visiting the Vikings. So that's what's kind of leaked and confirmed so far as far as the schedule goes. Pretty pretty intriguing matchups as far as uh, who we're facing, primetime games. And it looks like the Rams are going to have a pretty difficult schedule. I think it's going to be one of the more difficult schedules, but we have a good team. I'm not worried about it. Um, this uh, this NFL season should be a lot of fun. We got the additional game coming up. They're, they're adding a game to the schedule. We've already talked about some of the storylines that are going on with some of the other teams. It's been a pretty juicy offseason. And just, what was it, just yesterday or two days ago, the Jaguars were like, hey, remember Tim Tebow? Well, he's going to try and play tight end for us. So, it's it's been a wild kind of off season and, and we'll see where, where everything kind of lands, but a lot of stuff yeah, to talk about. But Nick, but how about the whole thing with Aaron Rodgers not being unhappy? Maybe he wants to get traded. And then even on trade night, I mean, I'm sorry, on draft night, Mark Schlereth comes out and saying that the Broncos are kind of close to making that trade. And then Tim Tebow signs with Jacksonville. And now there's a report out there that there's certain coaches inside the, you know, like the whole coaching staff. Um, table that are very on they're very unhappy with that what's going to happen with Watson is he is he literally going to sit out the year I mean there's so many things out there in this league that have yet to be concluded but it's going to be one heck of a you know ride again once again um, but listen there's tons of things that have yet to be um, you know a finished or per se so it's going to be fun it's going to be crazy at the end of the day all I care about is that the Rams somehow win the Super Bowl I don't care how it is. Like the time is now, right? So, at the end Mac of the day. Jones is going to take Cam Newton's job. Uh, By the way, I was so wrong on that because um, I saw the Alabama pro day, and there was a deep pass where Mac Jones threw it. He threw. He I, I think he um he really overthrew the guy, and the camera panhandles to Bill Belichick, and Bill Belichick's just shaking his head. So now I assume he was shaking his head because of the wide receiver that was running the route, not not Mac Jones, because he goes ahead and drafts him. So who knows? Yeah, I I'm a Mac Jones guy. I think Mac Jones is going to be good. I, all those oh, no. all those 49er oh, no. fans that were like, <laughs> dude, we don't want Mac Jones. I'm like, OK, I'm cool with it because I don't want Mac Jones in the NFC West. I think he's going to be pretty decent. And I have to share with you a concern of mine, which it took me a while to convince myself i am worried about tua you should be you really i am very be. very worried about tua the i don't dolphins, know what it is the i don't know what told it is. you they should you should be worried about him they benched him twice last year for ryan fitzpatrick yeah for ryan fitzpatrick so the team already told you that you should be concerned but i will say uh. in the dolphins defense they have committed fully to him because they didn't bring Fitzpatrick back and they didn't draft a quarterback. They drafted, they drafted a, wide, a receiver. wide receiver. Yeah. So the Dolphins are telling you this year is Tua's year. So the Dolphins are committed. I'll give them credit. They're committed. They can't go back Bye. and forth now. No. And just one last thing. So to compare Tutu Atwell, um, I think Rams fans should probably just look at Jakeem Grant highlights from the Miami Dolphins. Um, same type of body built, not that, you know, you know, strong per se, but has tons of speed. 
But when you can't catch the football in the middle of the field and you really don't have big plays on special teams, I really don't know what other impact a body frame of that type can create. So, again, I'm just hoping that this pick, it becomes something more than just a specialist because for a round two pick, you know, these guys should be starters. They shouldn't have to be, you know, third, fourth, you know, players on the depth chart. So I was really hoping it was it was going to be really funny. I was really hoping you were going to say Tavon Austin. I was I was really hoping. Tavon, gonna... uh, but, bro, <laughs> Tavon has guts, man. Tavon would just <laughs> hey, come on, dude. Like Tavon Austin would just go out there. And if he got hurt, he got hurt. But he would lower the boom. I, was, I don't see that with Tutu, man. I, I I feel like the I feel like the one time that Tutu turns the corner and there's a big 225 pound linebacker in front of him, he's gonna run out of bounds. He's gonna go short of the first down on third down, and that's my issue with this pick. It's not on the player; it's the pick because you don't draft players that are gonna go out on fourth and one. You're gonna get players that can create that first down, and I don't see that here. I just I, don't. I think <laughs> Matt Gay could probably tackle Tutu out well, but. Hey, oh, we'll without, see. Without facts. <laughs> we'll we'll see. I, I hope I'm wrong. But yeah, I was really hoping you were gonna be like, you know, the Rams should compare him to Tavon Austin. I'd be like, yep, oh, there man. you go. Tavon, Tavon, listen, Tavon's from Miami, man. That man right there went to West Virginia. He busted his butt to get to wherever he got to. I'm not comparing to to Adwell to Tavon Austin. Man. I just saw today because because Tavon Austin with Dallas was practically good per se. I don't see Tutu being that great. I just or saw Chris. today. Apparently, the Jets are looking at signing Tavon Austin, so he's still out. He's still out there. He's still trying to collect NFL paychecks. Good for him. Uh, and he's the man in the year in the league. What ten plus years? Uh, I mean, Tutu, right? Probably, right? probably close to ten. Yeah, it's probably Tutu might not even survive two years. Might not. <laughs> so. He might pull a. You know, I, the first wide receiver that came to my mind is a Mike Williams that Detroit drafted in the first round in like oh, 2014 or yeah, whatever 2014. it was or something. I don't, I don't know. The Lions had a, several years there where they were drafting wide receivers that were out of the league in like two years. Um, again, again, not everybody at that body frame can be a Tyreek Hill man. Guys like Tyreek Hill, they're just yeah. one in a million, dude. Yeah. Right? And so, I, so, so all these teams that want to have that quick slot guy and stuff. Listen, you can throw a 10 yard behind the line of scrimmage play the Tyree kill and have confidence and nine times out of 10, it's going to be a positive play. But again, there's just one Tyree kill in this league. Yeah. Like, you know, you can't just drop the guy and be like, well, he's going to be our, our Tyree kill. No, man, you yeah, got to have everything like else that. with it. Yeah. Tyree it kill yeah. is an absolute freak of an athlete. And those guys don't Bro, Tyree kill. Tyree kill can create separation by getting jammed at the line of scrimmage. Jakeem Krant could never do that for the Miami Dolphins. Ever. So, again, Tutu, let's get to work, bro. <laughs> you got to beat guys off the line of scrimmage in order to be a very successful guy if that's what you want to be. So Yeah, if, you're, if your analysis of a player is, well, he has a good 40 and he's, and he's you know, shifty, he's like a Tyree Kill guy, that's not it, man. It's not going to cut it. Tyree Kill is a freak uh, of an athlete. Um, I would say right now in the NFL, the only guy that could even come close to maybe Tyree Kill's potential or playmaking ability is maybe Debo Samuel. Um, oh, I, but Debo I, does it all, though, man. Debo does it all. I know. That's what I I'm saying. Know. Tyree Kill can do it all. He can go for the oh, yeah. long vertical routes. He can yeah. do the double moves. He can do the reverse, yeah. the reverses. He can do the screens. So, yeah, it, it's hard for, for me to just be like, oh, he's 
you know, he's small and fast. He's Tyree Kill. Like, yeah. no, it doesn't yeah. work like I think, that. I think, Nick, the most difficult part for a wide receiver, right, of that stature is, okay, I know I'm small. Let me build muscle. But once you lose that speed, when you gain that muscle, it's kind of difficult because <laughs> it, it, it doesn't really fit than the type of player that they expect you to be. Yeah. So that's why, in, in, in my eyes, it's, to me, I'm going to be intrigued to see what they plan on doing with him. Again, I'm not hating on the player because when you pick round two, you expect a starter. I'm expecting Tutu Atwell to be on the field for all three downs and not two. But if I only see him out there on special teams, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> so Yeah. So uh, hopefully – Hopefully nothing but good things from our from our draft. <laughs> it's picks. early, man. It's early. It's early. Yeah, it's early. So plenty of time for us to be plenty of time for us to be proven wrong. Um, but anyway, <sighs> thanks for listening, guys. Um, if you are still with us, because like I said, we had an extended little off period there, but uh, work has just been a little crazy for everybody. So uh, hopefully we'll be getting back to more of a somewhat regular schedule now that the season is getting a little bit closer. There's more storylines and more things to talk about. So we're going to have more to talk about. Um, and, and hopefully we'll be back. You know, it won't be another whatever this was, six weeks or whatever it was. And uh, we'll be back next time and we'll talk more, probably more draft talk. Because like I said earlier, there's definitely a lot of draft picks in the NFC West that were pretty interesting. Um, and maybe we'll even do some draft talk just for the NFL overall, because I think we would all agree that there is some pretty interesting picks out there. So lots of good stuff to talk about fun season ahead. Thanks for listening. As always guys, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you guys next time.